love to travel with my mom. I love to hug her. What I love about my mother is that how shy, kind she is to me, and she makes the best food. I love my mom because she plays with me. I like what she makes for breakfast. What I love about my mom is that I'm her favorite child, Jeremy. She would go to the store when we're gone, and then once she sees there's a lot of mac and cheese, she'll buy all of it. What I love about my mom is that she's always willing to do anything or take us anywhere. What I love about my mom is her amazing homemade gluten-free cooking um, and the fact that she will um, she will like do almost anything and she'll do crafts with us. It is fun. What I love about my mom is she's kind, she's funny, she's smart, she helps me with my homework, and she buys cinnamon rolls for me. I love cinnamon rolls. What I love about my mom is her fantastic cooking and how she stands up for me no matter the situation. I love the way um, you are so funny with me and silly and we goof around with each other. It's, I love that about you. I love my mom because she's fun. If I had to thank my mom for something that she does, it would probably be for s sacrificing basically everything for me and my siblings, even though we don't deserve it. Thank you for mom and doing my hair. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could because there's so many great things that she does for me. Thank you, mommy. Thank you for always doing most of my chores, you know. I'm a little slacky, so I appreciate you a lot. Thanks, mom, for I want to thank my mom for that one time I was so scared of the kitchen window at night that I wouldn't go upstairs that she put curtains up just for me. Um, that sounds like it was when I was four, but that was like a couple months ago. I want to thank my mom because she's always there for me. I think I would thank her for being able to upstand me and my siblings, especially when we are at our worst. Thank you so much, Mom, for all the shopping that you gave me and all the dresses that you bought me. She takes me to the skate park. Thank you, Mommy, for everything. I would thank my mom. If I could thank her for anything, for everything that she does, all the cooking and the cleaning. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thanks for always being there for me. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mom. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you, Mommy. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. All right, come on. Well, good morning. Uh, happy Mother's Day. We love you. You want all of our mothers to feel appreciated and loved and valued. And at the same time, we recognize that uh, Mother's Day can be mixed. And uh, there, there are ladies here that want to be moms and haven't been able to be blessed as yet with a child. And inevitably, in a community of faith our size and online, reaching in multiple states, there's people that have no doubt this calendar year or recently lost a mom. So we've got everybody having the human experience in our community of faith. And so we want to always be sensitive as, as much as we possibly can to all those experiences while at the same time giving honor where honor is due. Ladies, we love you. Listen, I, I've recognized very often and early and was a dumb husband. How many, how many of you married to a dumb husband? Come on, it says dumb things. 
And all you can do is laugh at it, certain things because you just can't get upset. And I, I remember we had, you know, our kids were 16 months apart and I didn't know what the big deal was, why she was so tired all the time. I, I didn't understand. I work, I left the house, I didn't understand until she left them jokers with me. <laughs> um, by the way, you should read the instructions, fellas, just pro tip. Read the instructions on the Dimetap bottle. You can overdose a kid. I'm just saying. That may or may not have happened. I just thought it was a longer nap than normal. That's all I can tell you. Um, uh, Coco, we, we want you to come up here real quick. Your kids want, come on, quickly. We, in the middle of service, come on. We want you to come up here real quick. Um, it's important, uh, a couple things are happening in our life right now. Today is not just Mother's Day, but it is our 33rd anniversary as well. <laughs> 33 years. All I can tell you is but God. God is so good. And uh, your offspring and your grandchild has something they want to bless you with this morning. So there you go. Amen. We love you. Baby, I, I think we, it's important for everybody to know how important you are to us uh, in our house. And you've done, you, you, you are literally our backbone. We love you. We appreciate you. Your sacrifice, your commitment, dedication for years of working in ministry with me behind the scenes, and now, in this season, everybody gets to see what we've always known, how phenomenal you are as a woman, not just in our house, but in his house. And so we love you, okay? Now, now get off the stage, little. Get to children's ministry. So this morning, we wanted to do something a little different because, I mean, we're a church, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, with all of this distancing, online, vaccinated, not vaccinated. Uh, let me just land this little truth. We will never segregate our congregation into vaccinated people and unvaccinated. We got enough trouble with unity issues as it is. We will always be a family. We'll do whatever we need to do to take precautions for everybody, but we ain't segregating on purpose. Hello? Um, and so, but, but there's all these stories in a church outside we're, we're anyway averaging weekly between 1,600, 1,800 people, however you face it, online and in person. So we're a large group of people, and there are so many stories of God doing stuff. And so for Mother's Day, we decided to give me a, a weekend off and not preach, and you don't have to hear my mouth. But there's stories here, and I can't wait to get into them because they're funny. Some of them are funny, and, and, but, but how many you know, none of us grow up in, in a perfect family. Everybody's family's got stuff. Say stuff out loud. Stuff. Say it louder than that. Say stuff. Stuff. If there wasn't stuff, we wouldn't need a savior. He redeems. He rewrites stories. So whatever the experiences that you've had in family, just recognize you're now a part of God's family, and he's rewriting those stories. Amen? So I want to first, the first thing we're going to do, and, and just so you know, Whenever one of these jokers up here with me pauses and acts like they don't know the questions, we sent the questions out a week ago. Thomas, just saying. Um, <laughs> so, but, but the first thing we're going to do, this is an audible. We didn't talk about this. This is one that may take a while. It may catch you by surprise, but you know the answer. Tell us your name. Full name. Wait, wait. Tell us your name. And how you got to East Hill and how long you been here? 
All right, but first, before I uh, do that, since I'm a package deal, I'm going to need uh, my family to be put up there, my wife okay. and my children. Now you're running right. things now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now he's in charge. You get a mic, now he's in charge. Go for it, bro. Well, you know, last time there was no questions about the wife. That's right. And, you know, I ain't trying to get in trouble when I get oh, home. I got you. you. <laughs> so my name's uh, Thomas Burton, and um, I did not grow up in a Christian household. And uh, my mother. Wait, wait. How you got to East Hill and how long you been here? That's it. All right. The, the rest is coming. All Let right. me be in charge now. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so how I got to East Hill was uh, through Jesus. Through Jesus, honestly, I'm going to be real. It's through Jesus or I wouldn't be here. And uh, I've been here for about uh, five years. Okay. Five years. Good looking up. So I, uh, my name is Bob Mumford, and uh, we've been here about 18 years. Wow. And we had moved from Seattle when our kids were little. And we had gone to a place called Eastside Foursquare up in the Seattle area. And yeah. We had heard a ton about East Hill. So look at y'all. That's yeah. I'm I'm in the middle. In case you confused me with the other guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Come on, Dave. Give, Give me a second. So what I asked him to do is because his mom lives in Guatemala, right? That's correct. What 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 are you doing right now? Dude, Dude that's my different. mom is gonna watch this video. Okay, so you get, what are you now? Like Rico Suave, what's going on? Okay, do your thing, we didn't do this in the first service, but he's gonna speak in Spanish because he wants to speak directly and he wants his mom to be able to experience this and so he's gonna translate what he says to all of these answers so she can participate. Yeah, yeah. my mother is gonna, gonna watch this, you know, okay. and um, you know the allergies and stuff and everything, and, you know, oh. the lights and things, so I have to, you know, and besides, I'm swallowing some, you know. Oh my God! Stuff here. <laughs> you got problems, bro. <laughs> just wanted to just break the ice a little bit there. My name is David Fuentes. Uh, I'm from Guatemala. Uh, I came to East Hill in 2008. Um, we're coming from. Um, we're serving a Hispanic church, and um, God led us to, to here, you know, through a uh, time of healing, and um, it's been great. Good. Good. Don Mangus, we came in 1971, so we've been here 50 years this August. Yeah! It's awesome. All right, so here's how we want to start. I, we want to start in a way we didn't start before, so it's another audible, Thomas. You're actually on top of things here. Tell us about your wife and your life together with your children. Like, tell us what that looks like. Well, uh, me and my wife, uh, we, we've been married actually for three years. And uh, we've been knowing each other since we were 12 and 13. That'll come out later. Okay. <laughs> there's a story there. <laughs> it is a story there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, me and my uh, wife and my children, um, what it looks like for us is, um, that was a question, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you're throwing me off a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, what it looks like for us in our household is uh, just uh, being an example as parents for our uh, kids to what it looks like. To uh, worship Jesus. Wow. Worship Jesus. That's what it is. Because we've been through so much and faced so much uh, opposition. Of course, her being um, a Caucasian and me being an African American. Uh, it's been a lot of opposition towards our relationship. But um, just showing the kids that unity, no matter what race you are, background you come from, it, it uh, says a lot in the kingdom of Christ. It says a lot. That's right. So that's what we've been uh, showing our children to represent. That's represent right. that. 
Come on, big hand for that. Come on. Come on. Good job. Well, um, my wife and I, my wife is Beth Mumford, and we've been married for 30 years. And uh, All right. We have, uh, we have three adult children now, so we're in the empty nest mode. Come on. Uh, which is kind of, awesome. you know, they come back. <laughs> they do. And they do that. They keep coming. I mean, yeah, they do. It's amazing. Um, yeah, we've got a, our two uh, sons are 25 and 24, and uh, my wife really had a deep impact on them and, of course, our daughter in the sense that she really um, modeled um, grace and authenticity. So they got to see her in her worst moments and her best and um, putting up with me. So it's really pretty awesome. Come on, David. I'm married to uh, Joy Fuentes Harvey. She's sitting over there. Joy! Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be married. Uh, it's going to be 27 years in a couple of weeks. Come on. So, yeah. We have four kids. We still know empty nesters, though. You know, they're I not know. out the nest yet. No, yeah. I can't help you, know, you with that. Uh, well, I'll talk to you later. Uh, little by little. You know, I got, you know, the oldest one is already out. Oh, by the way, I'm going to become a grandpa yes, here pretty soon. So, yeah. Come on, high five. <laughs> so. Uh, just a life together. And yes, uh, she works in the church. I have my own company, and uh, it's been great just, uh, uh, you know, being part of the, this ministry. It's been a little hard, you know, since uh, COVID hit, and uh, for me, this is actually the first time, you know, I come since, you know, they closed, and I've been following online and everything, and, but I think that God has a way to move things, you know, to bring us back. You know, Amen. So. Come on, Don. So we'll be married 53 years this July 27th. Um, so I told him not to show the picture earlier, but there was a picture of Juana and the two kids, boy and a girl. Um, she not only had to raise them, she had to raise me. Amen. Say that. Say that. Help, help me work through my difficulties. You know, back then, for whatever reason, we didn't know about counseling, so I didn't get any. But, yeah, praise God. She was there for me, and we can say that God took us through it, took our kids through it. He's healed both of them a lot. And now we have the privilege of having our 18-year-old granddaughter, Janine, back there um, that's living with us for a few months, Amen. just for the fun of it. So God is good, and Amen. he's on the throne. Amen. That's good. All right. So introduce us a little bit to the woman or women in certain cases. And, and what I found out even having a conversation is, is that it, how many of you ever heard the saying, it takes a village? Yeah, it, it really does. Aren't you glad for the extra people in your life? And in, in everybody's life, if just listening to some of the stories, it wasn't just mom. It was, it was mom, it was grandma, it's aunts. It's, it's women of influence that spoke into our lives. And so why don't you introduce us to the women who influenced your life? The women that um, influenced my life, uh, I would have to say the most would be my wife. My wife, because we met at such a young age, and just her love for the Lord and uh, her showing me that. And uh, my grandmother, for sure. My grandma was a big part of my life. That was like, you know, one of the, I mean, she, she did a lot for us. There go my grandma right there. Beautiful woman right there. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, did a lot for uh, me and my uh, three other siblings. And uh, yeah, my mother as well, my mother as well. Right, 
-hmm. You were saying there's a little... Yeah, there, go, yeah, yeah. there goes my mother there right there. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that journey and why that was necessary. Just give them a little more insight like we did in the first service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, my mother was uh, born in 1971. She had me at the uh, age of 21, and uh, she faced a lot of tribulation. If it was um, relationship abuse... Um, a lot of uh, stuff, but yeah, a relationship abuse and um, just a lot of hurt and pain she'd been through in her life. But underneath all of that, I, I learned to just appreciate her for who she is and just doing the best she could. Yeah, it's good. Bob? Um, my mom uh, was married at 20 years old, um, born in 1944. She was adopted and uh, grew up in a fairly dysfunctional pretty devout Catholic environment, and so she had some very interesting images of who Jesus was um, that were not very healthy, and, uh, but she was, uh, had me nine months-ish after the wedding night, we're still working on the math on that, um, she swears I'm nine months after, and then I, then I realized when we got pregnant with our first kid, that's not actually exactly nine months, so. Anyway, so we're still working that out. Um, but she then had another, our, my sister, a uh, year and a half after me. So she, we kind of grew up together. And uh, she used alcohol throughout her, I didn't realize until I was an adult and saw other healthy families that alcohol isn't always present in every house. And uh, so I, that was her escape. But, um, but yeah, anyway. Got you. Thanks, Bob. My mom was, uh, she was born in a, a Truman Catholic church, you know, growing up. And um, about uh, her, uh, age 16, she had to, she run away from her home because uh, uh, my grandpa was abusing her, so, uh, which is really sad. And she went to live with, uh, um, with her grandma, which is my uh, great-grandmother. And uh, she was there until uh, she was 19, I believe, and then she left uh, to the big city where she met my dad. Uh, they got married. Uh, my dad uh, was raised in a Christian home, but he walked away from God. And uh, my, my, uh, his mother was a prayer warrior, and she kept praying for him you know, all her uh, life. And um, so my dad, not walking with God or anything, he was kind of alcoholic. So my dad, kind of, my mom kind of endured, uh, you know, a few years that was really hard and tough for her, uh, raising, you know, three, three little boys. And uh, uh, at the same time, you know, dealing with, you know, a husband that was um, uh, drunk, but all the time. But she was the first one in our family who got saved, you know, and she brought back my dad, you know, to, to the Lord. Not only that, but she went after all her family, and all her family became Christians. Come on, brother. So, you know. Come on. It's awesome. Uh, my mom raised me till I was 12. She'd had enough of my dad and being beat up. She'd had enough of me, I guess. And she left us, and my grandmother had a big part. It's my mom and dad and me. My, my grandmother, grandmother had a big part in praying, speaking into my life, giving me daily phone calls. And my great-grandmother, picture there, my great-grandmother with my mother, um, who was also 
in the picture for stability. And yeah, there's more to the story. Yeah. How, how many of you would say that, that it was somebody significant that led you to Christ? Just lift your hand. Somebody, one person. Somebody? Anybody? Yeah, there's always somebody that's contending in, in family, whether it's a praying grandmother, praying wife, somebody, a father, a brother. Um, not very many people come to the Lord without a relationship connection. So, okay, so all of you were boys, so we're going to get a little lighter here. So, and, and, and I'm meeting Thomas, and I know you special, and I know the rest of y'all. Y'all a little rambunctious. So name one thing, because I know for a fact that each of my kids had something that they annoyed us about. So, so what's the one thing you would do above everything else that you know you remember that it was absolutely annoying? Go for it. Pretty much um, the opposite of everything good my mom told me. <laughs> so from the time you woke up to the time you went to sleep, Straight annoying. Always in trouble. Always annoying. <laughs> you think of something specific. Did you do something? Something specific. You got anything? Gosh, I did so much. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Come on, Bob. Well, uh, my mom, the most annoying thing I would do is I would ask why. <laughs> Nonstop. And I was just over there this week, and I kept asking her why, and for some reason at 77, she hasn't gotten more patient with me asking why. Why? So, and then we saw our kids do that. That's awesome. Yeah, you inherited kids. They did the same thing. Come on. Uh, we were always fighting. We were three boys, you know, growing up. Uh, my two sisters came out later. And, uh, but so I think that the most annoying thing, because I can feel it, you know, as uh, every time that I did something wrong, or we were going to be corrected, I had to run, <laughs> and, and she couldn't catch me, so that was really, you know, although she wouldn't forget. You know, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you got to come to eat. Yeah, that's right. Come on. So annoying was probably the fact that I would throw all of my dirty clothes in my closet, and she worked so Saturdays was laundry time, and, and so then when I asked her for clean clothes on Monday and I didn't have any, uh, I wore dirty clothes for a week. So the annoying part was I threw all my stuff in my closet. Got it. Okay, so I know you got in trouble like every other rambunctious young man. What's, the, what's that time where you got in trouble, like above all the rest of the annoying stuff you did, that level that you reached? What was that, what was that event? What happened? All right, so check it out. <laughs> so she's, she's my wife now. Okay, she's we told you now. in the early service, don't clean it up yet. <laughs> All right. All right, so when I was about 13 years old, I uh, went over to my girlfriend's house, who is my wife now. Oh, Jesus. my wife now. The mother of my children. She's a godly woman. She loves Jesus. So I stayed over there for about three days. I know I said two days because I was trying to, you know, be more professional. But Ooh. it was three days. It was three days I stayed over her house, and uh, no one knew where I was at. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Tell the part about how you came home. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I came home thinking everything was all good. I opened up the door. My mom had a hanger. Just, just stop for a minute. And she hung me up. Let, let your kid leave the house for three days and walk back in the door. What's good? How y'all doing? How did you not think you was going to get in trouble? I mean, my mom let a lot of, a lot of stuff slide. <laughs> she let a lot of stuff slide. Yeah, I'm thinking that ain't going to slide, my brother. 
All right. I don't know how you're going to top that one, Bob, but well, go ahead. Everything in my dad mode starts kicking yeah. in. Like, dude. <laughs> um, mine, mine was, uh, I was like eight, nine years old, and uh, I started learning how to use this mouth for some pretty interesting words that, that I would hear from other people, and I thought, well, this is going to make me really cool. And my mom had a different... Um, assessment of those words, <laughs> and uh, so uh, she introduced me to bars of soap that insert just perfectly into your mouth, and then, I didn't tell you this one, but uh, she even broke a wooden spoon over my keister one time. Come on. Yeah. Come on. So, you deserved it. Oh, I earned all you earned that. <laughs> Come on, David. I want to change it up from the, you know, okay. the first just because... Um, well, I have so many, so I have to pick one. So, no, but there was uh, there was the one where I learned not to play with uh, matches. You know, those are really uh -oh. dangerous. But I remember, you know, um, I was about eight years old, and um, we had moved just to this new development, so there were a lot of empty lots, and they had some overgrown grass and things. And it was the middle of the summer over there in Guatemala, so everything was kind of dry. And uh, me and uh, one of my uh, uh, my neighbor friend, you know, we were just board and I found these you know matches on the table so I took them out I, ca I had them with me on my on my pocket so when we were playing outside we ran out of things to do and uh, my friend asked me you know what we should do I said hey how about a campfire how about you know and he's like well what do we and, and, and we're trying to figure out and we found a, 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 a news, newspaper so we went to one of those empty lots you know and start a little fire well the thing was so dry, everything that started just oh, running no. up, and I weak run. I just run. I went to my house. Firefighters came, took care of all that. Then my mom is trying to find out what happened, you know, and of course, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Boy, when she find out, I, that's when I realized, you know, uh, she really instilled the, the, the fear of God. And, you know, it's just like, not only that, because I, she spanked me that time. And then she said, you wait until your dad get back. That was the worst. Double up. Come on now. Come on. So I begged for a dog for years. Nobody ever told me that a dog made such a mess. Um, so my mother loved her flowers, roses in the backyard. And, and one morning when she was getting ready to go to work and she was going to take some roses, I heard at the top of her voice, so I went running out there because I thought she had finally killed the dog because I wouldn't pick up after it. But, uh, yeah, and she made me walk through every pile that was in that backyard. And, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Note to self, all of the kids that want a dog, be careful for what you ask for. Hello? Okay, so, like, we know that there, in, in all of your stories, there's, some pain points. There's, there's some things that are just painful, but even in, even in the pain of, of your story, there's some lessons that the grandmother, mom taught you that you carry forward. What's, what, what's one of the things that you learned either that she taught you directly or that you caught from the situation that became a part of your life? Well, like I said, my mom uh, has been through a lot of, you know, tribulation in life and, uh, She'll always wear her heart on her sleeve and just open up about pretty much everything. 
and uh, sometimes it could be uh, overwhelming, but from what I learned is just to be transparent. What I learned from that is honesty, just to be honest and don't bottle things up, even if it was the alcohol talking, you know, they still came out. And uh, from what I took from that is just to just release things, you know, release things, be honest, don't bottle things up. If you feel a certain way, communicate that. And uh, yeah. That's good, T, thanks. Yeah, I would say I like the way you put that of caught rather than taught. I really caught from my mom uh, how special I was. Um, it, didn't, it wasn't always communicated healthy, but there was always this side of her that I knew somebody was in my court. So, and somebody was all in for me. And when I experienced Jesus at 16 years old and I heard about a God of the universe that cared for me and knew my name and loved me deeply and thought about me all the time. It wasn't this huge jump that I've seen it for some people to try to grasp because um, my mom really yeah. did that for me. That's so nice. That's awesome. Come on. Well, um, through her life, she taught me perseverance and um, the love of God and the lo uh, uh, be kind and, you know, the compassion also to others. Uh, she raised an orphanage, you know, she started an orphanage by herself. And uh, later on, my dad, you know, joined her. But, you know, uh, she's the one that uh, did that. Uh, they had it for so many years. Wow. And um, the blessings that she, I still, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, sewing from, uh, sewing or, yeah, ripping from, you know, from that, you know, it's like, uh, through that orphanage, I get to, uh, I got to meet, you know, my wife, Joy, and that's where, you know, uh, her parents came down and serve as volunteers in our orphanage. And so not only, you know, she taught me perseverance, she's also a great entrepreneur. So uh, all of those things were, you know, instilled on me, yeah. you know, through her life. I think it's amazing to, to listen to the story. By the way, for those of you that don't know, um, our youth group was scheduled in 2000, I think 19, to go to Guatemala to that project, to be a part of it. We partner, give resources, some of your tithe dollars go to that orphanage and the people that work and sustain that thing. And so one of the things you have to be careful of is you gotta be careful of listening to the news and forming opinions off of what you hear. Because a lot of times what you hear is not true. And when you have relationship and proximity with people, it changes everything. Like for instance, David is from Guatemala and immigration and that whole issue takes on a personal thing because that's my brother, that's my family member. And it makes me think about things that I wouldn't ordinarily think about. Like why would a mother put her five and nine year old child on a train and send them to America by themselves or hopefully to get across a border to another country that maybe they have their safe, they have more resources, that type of thing. So whatever, the system is broke, we know it, but don't get caught up on the system so much that you miss the humanity and miss people being ground up because we can't figure this stuff out. And the reality is, go ahead, give the Lord a hand clap if you want. And, and so I'm thankful that your mom decided that she hadn't had enough with your three brothers and you and your sisters and decided that she was gonna try to do something about the conditions in your country rather than just look at the news and, and post about it, maybe. How about that? She actually did something, so big ups to your mom. My, my mom, mom left when I was 12. I found the note. The first thing I did was run to the phone and call my grandmother. And she explained to me that alcohol was the thing 
that caused the problems that my mom had and that my dad had. And she told me that she would pray every day and she would call me every day to make sure I was doing okay. And every time I'd hear about Jesus and about praying, well, it took about seven years before I finally accepted Christ as my savior, but grandma didn't give up. And uh, I think that's what I learned the most through that period was that God was always there for me. And I could cry out even though I hadn't accepted him. And he got me through all that time with my grandmother and my great-grandmother. That's amazing. God's so good. Come on. So when I was going through counseling, my counselor said something to me that bears repeating this morning. It'll set this last question up for you guys. He said to me that as long as I was holding judgment against the person, that I could never be reconciled that there was no way that I could ever be reconciled as long as I was judge, jury, and executioner with that person that I was holding on to. And it wasn't until you let go that you can reconcile. So, so if in this moment, and all of you have certain pain points and memories and different things, but in this moment, if your mom was here, significant other was here, without the judgment and with forgiveness and grace given, what would you say to her? I'll tell my mom she did a great job, you know, just being who she is. I love you. I appreciate you. You don't have to feel guilty or ashamed of how you raised us. You, she did a good job because I, uh, I realized just her being so raw, it helps me out with my relationship to connect with other people that's actually going through deep stuff. You know, I could, I could get at their level. I could touch on things that maybe some people feel uncomfortable to touch on, you know, so that did a lot for me. It did a lot for me. So look how you, God's already using that dysfunction, her pain, her struggle to redeem generations now because there's something your kids will inherit differently. Yeah, man, so good. I would tell my mom, uh, thank you for doing the best you could with what you had um, as a young woman trying to figure it out. And uh, she's 77 now and fighting lung cancer. And uh, I, want her to, I want her to know that she can be be thrilled with what she's with what she gave that she had to give. Yeah, that's awesome, Bob. In Spanish, my brother. Spanish. Yeah. Mamá, te amo mucho. Quiero agradecerte por todos los sacrificios que hiciste, por todo el amor que has impartido y tu vida no ha sido en vano. Todo lo que tú has sembrado está dando fruto. Mama, I love you very much. I um, want to thank you for all the sacrifice you have done throughout life to just give, you know, pour your life over us. And I want to tell you that your life is, hasn't been in vain, you know, that everything that you have planted and sowed into our hearts is just starting bearing, you know, fruit. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. So Glenn and I got married and, and we were in Bible college and my mother and her husband at the time tried to make roads into the family. Every time my Glenna invited him over for dinner, I'd be sick and in the bathroom the majority of the time they were there. Uh, not long after that, her and her husband were killed in a head-on accident and I never had a chance to say I was sorry. If I could speak to her now, I'd tell her, Mommy, I love you, and I'm sorry I never forgave you.
I have by now. Come on. Can you uh, give these gentlemen a big round of applause? It's, uh, you know, one of the things Bob said I think is impactful, right, is there are some instructions with kids, but it's just such a journey of discovery, dealing with your own stuff, trying to wrestle with that, trying not to make, watch this, trying not to make the kids collateral damage. Another generation suffer what we suffered, right? That's what we're trying to do. So just before we leave, every woman, young woman, older woman, mother, grandmother, doesn't matter if you are a woman, stand to your feet with me right now. Stand to your feet. And if you are a grandma or a pregnant woman and you say, I've been standing enough, go ahead and sit back down, ladies, because I don't want that smoke, okay? Um, it, is, it is important that we acknowledge what is scripturally said, that there's a unique warfare that has been unleashed by the adversary against women. Because if for no other reason among others, not to mention you're in the image bearer of God, right? As, as are men, but he recognizes that for other images of God to get in the earth, they have to pass through what I call the doors of life, which are your wombs. There's no way to get into this realm as an image bearer of God without passing through a woman's body. The whole sacrifice that's entailed in that, the travail that's entailed in that, everything about life as you know it, ladies, and our culture says to you messages, microaggressions as it were. If you look at Vogue, a cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan and all these different magazines, all of a sudden, if, if you're a woman of color, you never look like that. You're never beautiful enough. You don't have the right sizes. All of these things come to speak something to you, that you're not enough, that you're less valuable. Do you, do you realize that, that even when God began in the fullness of time to execute his full plan of redemption by sending a savior into the world, he needed a woman, her body, to carry, incubate, and bring to full term our savior, and give birth to him so that he could be a savior of humanity so that he could have our nature on him so that he could redeem humanity. He had to be a man to redeem mankind. He had to come through a woman. Isn't it funny? We, there are certain faith persuasions not here that don't want women to preach or have leadership at all. And yet, when it got time when Jesus was resurrected, the message was carried first by women to the men who were hiding in a room. Come on, ladies. Give the Lord a hand clap. There's a lot to be said about the oppressive nature of men who have oppressed women, abused women, taken advantage of. I want you to know that East Hill is a place where you'll be honored, valued, be safe, never sent back into a relationship to be further abused. And we want to do our best to make sure that you recognize as moms and grandmas, aunts, sisters, that we see you, that we value you online, we love you, we appreciate you. And I know it's just a token, 
But this week, when you're having your little cup of coffee on us, sit back and think, there was a token from our church, but God has his hand on your life. And he sees you and loves you. And, and if you have a story right now, you said, PK, you just have no clue about my story. Well, the good thing about the God we serve is he, re he rewrites stories. He redeems mistakes. There may be ladies here that maybe have had unthinkable choices in your past. And you made the choice that you made at the time you did with the resources that you had the knowledge you have, and maybe you look back now and regret those decisions, let me say to you, don't spend too much of your life looking back over your shoulder in regret, because that is taking today's grace, trying to undo something from yesterday, and it can never be done. Use today's grace to heal, to walk forward, and to be the daughter and the sister and the mother and grandmother and all that God has graced you to be, to be in this moment and into your future. Amen? So would you do this, ladies? Would you just hold your hands out in front of you in a posture to receive? And I'm going to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, there are ladies all over the place. We love them. <laughs> we love them in all of their complexities that we as men have to figure out like a Rubik's Cube. But we love them. We honor them. There's so many stories and so much even brokenness in our midst. Young ladies, middle-aged ladies ladies that are in their golden years. God, we just ask you to bless one and all. We esteem them highly. Call this place a safe place for them. Would you allow them to unpack all that they are, the beauty, the intelligence, the sensitivity, compassion, empathy, all that they bring, so much. Lord, we receive all of it. Girl, we receive you with gladness. Mother, we receive you with whole hearts. Bring your whole self to the table. Lord, let this be a season where our ladies come forward in great fruitfulness. Lord, we speak words of prosperity over them, that they would be fruitful and multiply. Those that have infertility issues or those struggling to conceive. God, we pray a blessing over them right now. For those that have multiplied a lot and, and feel like their hair is about to fall out with all the kids, grace them now in Jesus' name. Those that may be estranged from kids this morning, but their hearts long have sweet connection and fellowship again, and maybe they're estranged. God, we believe you that you're the reconciler. Would you reconcile? Would you bring them back to the table together and fellowship? And so today, Lord, we speak a blessing. And we say that they will go in peace and prosperity, love and grace all the days of their life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, give our ladies a hand. Everybody stand to your feet. Come on, give them a big hand. Come on. So, do me a favor, keep investing in relationships and keep inviting people to God's house. Go with God, God's gonna go with you. We love you.